Okay, morning. morning. My name is Jesse. I'm the uh, youth pastor of the church, and I have the mic right now. Um, I don't know how to greet people this morning. I'm like, I feel like I'm awkward on a normal day. This is triple the awkwardness right now. It's, you know, it's like, <laughs> just sort of stand a couple feet away and nod or give them the boot bump. Maybe we can come up with like a signal, like if I'm coming at you, you know, give me some sort of a, a signal for a handshake, a hug, boot, peace, right. Oh, peace, that's the one. All right. <laughs> I just feel extremely um, awkward. And um, it's just part of it. This has, been, this has been a frustrating message for me to prepare. Because um, I don't know what to say. Or maybe it's, I don't know how to say what I want to say. You know, I've learned, like, being up here, you often think you have, like, this great revelation. And it's not, I've learned that it's actually not so much what you say, but how you say what you say. And the spirits, the spirit that is behind what you say. Um, and so I've just been like, God, how do I, I don't want to, I don't want to mess this up. Like, part of me is, part of me is like, we just ended so well right now. Maybe I should just close the service right now before I mess this up. Because it really was good. Thanks so much, Nelson and Heather and, and Austin. I feel, I feel different than when I came here. And I, I've been struggling with it. You know, I, I want to have the right, the right spirit behind what I, what I have to say. It's so easy to come at it from an angle, what Heather was talking about with judgment, with everything that's going on here with the coronavirus and everything, and, and hearing other people's responses. Because I'm frustrated, you know. I, next weekend we were going to have uh, just around under 50 people come from Canada and stay here for the weekend. They had a, a whole drama uh, schedule. They were traveling throughout the uh, kind of Buffalo, Western New York, southwest, southwestern or northwestern Pennsylvania area, and they were going to come here and just be a part of of our congregation here. They were going to have a service on Friday night. And then we were bringing a team, uh, Katora Summers has a team from up in Lima that was going to come here Saturday night and uh, just uh, minister to us and to the team from Canada. Our youth group was going to be involved with it and other youth groups and the families here, and it's all canceled. And it's just, I've just been wrestling with this. It's so frustrating to see that, to see that happen. They canceled the whole tour, not surprisingly, but um, they did it. And so um, it's been one of those messages where I feel like I've, written it up and then crumpled it up and then written another one and crumpled another one. And, um, even today, I'm not sure what I'm going to say exactly. Um, <clears throat> but I was just thinking about, like, like, you can't, I can't ignore it, you can't avoid it. Like, if anyone is having church this Sunday, and there's a lot of churches that are canceled or maybe live stream, but if someone is up here, they are speaking about what's going on here. You can't ignore it. It's the elephant in the room. I'm not going to ignore, you know, the coronavirus and, and everything that, that's happening there and it just caused me to think like first of all i believe i believe god can turn this for good anything he can turn for good in fact i just heard it said uh, this week or something that he's so good at turning things around for good turning a tragedy for good that people can often assume that he created the tragedy in the first place which he didn't um but i believe he can turn this around for good um i just read a i think it was a tweet where 
Back in 1665, Cambridge University was canceled because of a serious plague, and Isaac Newton, who was a part of the university there, quarantined himself in his own home. Um, and during that time of quarantine, he was, it was one of the most productive times of his life. It was when he discovered calculus and the laws of motion and um, just expounded from then on out. And so I think, I, I, I truly do believe that there, there's somehow, even though next weekend was canceled and there's so many other things that have low numbers or that are being canceled, somehow, I don't know how, but somehow God has to turn this around for good. He will turn it around for good. And he's so good at it that there's people that say he caused it because he could turn it around for so good, which is not the truth. But um, I was just thinking about, like, what are other people saying from the pulpit today? I mean, there's so many different angles you could approach it from, so many different... Uh, spirits, I guess, that could come out of it. You know, I'm sure there's somebody that's speaking about it. You know, it's so easy to come at it from an angle of judgment. You know, and I'm sure there's there's folks who are who are almost who are judging the land in a way. You know, kind of a you have been found uh, wanting. You've been weighed and have been found wanting. Kind of like a, a Daniel example. Um, and I'm sure there's people who who are coming at it from that way. You know, God is judging the land, America, the, the country, the world deserves this. It's finally time to get what they deserve. I'm sure there's people who are um, you know, with what Heather said, you know, almost the other way, you know, just scoffing at the whole thing. And that was, you know, that's, that's, that's part of me where it's just like, you know, it's just a flu. This is nothing. Stop, stop, stop. Let's just go on as normal and coming down on those who aren't here and who aren't showing up and who are quarantined themselves. I'm sure there's people coming from that angle. I'm sure there's people coming from um, you know, maybe they're trying to fit this into their eschatology. You know, this is, maybe this is part of where a third of the people die in the world. You know, it's another sign of the last days. Uh, we're in Revelation right now. I'm sure, I'm sure that's, that's happening. Um, and it just made me think, like, what, what angle, where am I coming from? If I were to speak on what's going on, um, what, what's my response? Uh, how do I, what do I say? And that's what's been tough, just trying to come at it with the right heart, because again, it's been, it's been frustrating for me, um, and just seeing the response and the fear that's on everything that's going on here, but then also realizing there is common sense with, with everything that's happening, and so I am just feel torn. Um, I want to talk about, I don't think I'm going to be long, uh, kids are all in here, right? Yeah, so <laughs> parents, I don't think I'll be long. Um, I want to keep it pretty simple, but I'd like to talk about the... Uh, the kingdom, again, I can't stop talking about the kingdom. I talked about it last time I was up here a couple weeks ago. For those that were here, I talked about uh, the growth of the kingdom. And um, my heart behind it was to inspire you to realize that the kingdom of God, ever since Christ came here on this earth, he's, he started this whole thing we call the kingdom. He, he, he turned earth into his kingdom, and it's been growing ever since. And we can so often miss it based on our perspective or based on, on what we're watching or what we're seeing. We don't realize the growth of the kingdom that has been happening over the past 2,000 years. But I've been trying to just... First of all, prove to you through scripture that it's God's will that the kingdom grows and grows and grows in this earth. And second, that he wants us to be a part of it. And there's, there's a part of that where like, you know, whether you like it or not, the kingdom is growing. In Isaiah, it says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So God's growing the kingdom, I believe, in a way, with or without you. But I want to get on board with it. I want to I wanna be a part of it. It is happening. And, and that was part of my message. And then I talked about, like, what are some of the blocks that are keeping us from 
experiencing the kingdom of God, the growth of the kingdom of God in our own lives, you know, in Penyan, what's stopping us from realizing that all of our neighbors could become aware of, of God and could become saved? I believe there's something in every heart where, where everyone, if they, if they could just see Christ represented well through us, they would want him. They would long for him. Um, and yet we often, we often push back and say that that person is far from the kingdom of God. And we don't, we don't know. There's, there's a lot of people who we think are far from the kingdom of God, and they're super close. They're very close. Um, and I've just begun to realize more and more in my own life, like, I can't say that, you know, I, I came into the kingdom. It's selfish for me to think that nobody else could come into the kingdom or that not everybody in Penyang could come into the kingdom. They could. I came into the kingdom. I'm no different than anybody else. And so I was trying to just inspire myself and hopefully inspire the group here that this kingdom is a powerful kingdom that will not be destroyed and it's growing and it will continue to grow until who knows when. Um, so I'd like to give sort of a part two of that message. Some of this, I can't remember if I preached it before. I know I spoke some of it in the youth group. So the youth group kind of gets my practice messages and then I... Uh, fine-tune them a little bit, and then bring them over here. So <laughs> the youth group usually knows what I'm going to say. Um, <clears throat> so I, uh, I want to kind of give a part two of the kingdom of God in this world, kind of what that means. You know, the, this, this, a kingdom is sort of a different thought for a lot of us because we don't live in a kingdom. Uh, we're in a democracy. It's nowhere close to a kingdom. A kingdom is, is very directly influenced by the king, I mean, what the king says goes. You know, if, if President Trump says, off with your head, your head's probably not going to come off uh, unless, you know, hires some secret guys to come in and do it illegally. But he can't just say, off with your head. King, a king can do that in a way where the king has full power. We live, we live in a democracy, but we also live in a kingdom. So we're, we're, we too, we're living both. Uh, the best defini definition of a kingdom I found was from a guy named Miles Monroe. He talks about the kingdom a lot. He says, a kingdom is the direct governing influence of a king, impacting his territory with his will, his purpose, and his intent. This should produce a citizenry of people who express his culture and reflect his nature. So a kingdom is basically whatever the king desires. The, the people of the land are directly impacted by the king, by the personality of the king, by the nature of the king, by what the king sets in as laws. Everything in the land flows from the king. In the same way, we're a part of a kingdom here. Um, when Christ came to this earth, I talked about it last message, where in Daniel 2, he uh, established a kingdom that will never be destroyed, and it's not left to other men. In other words, God is running this kingdom, which is a, is a, a great thought in itself because our world that we're a part of here is pretty shaky. You know, we just, we can see what's been going on the last several months, even with the stock market and I mean, traveling, all that, you know, you can be, you can be a millionaire today and you can lose it all tomorrow and you can, uh, you, the economy can drop, you can lose your job, you can, uh, there's just so many different things that can happen in our kingdom, if you will, or in the world that we live in. But in God's kingdom, it's, it's super strong. It's not left to other men. He's building it and he's growing it. And so Jesus called I, I want to go over this, this word here a little bit. Um, when Jesus came here on this earth, he, he took a word that, it wasn't a Christian word, but he made it into a Christian word where now we understand it as a Christian word, and that word is apostle. Um, when, 
long ago when people would use the word apostle, it means somebody who's sent forth. It means someone who's coming from a kingdom into a new territory to establish the culture of the kingdom they just came from. So it's like if a king conquers a different territory, he's going to send apostles out into that new territory. And the apostle's job is to get into the new territory and to slowly influence the culture, the minds, the nature of the people that are there to look like the kingdom that he just came from. It was to, to slowly make the buildings look the same, the architecture look the same, change the language so the language is the same as the one that he came from, the culture. We do so many different cultural things we don't even know about, but slowly change the culture of that kingdom. And the idea was that someday, when the king who lived in the main kingdom would come into this new territory that he conquered, you know, he'd come bouncing up in his chariot. As he's coming into this new territory, you know, he's looking, he's looking out the windows. He's seeing that the houses actually look very much the same as the kingdom that he just came from. He's seeing that the language, the people are talking with each other, the language has turned to the same. Whereas when they first conquered the territory, it could have been very, very different. When he gets to the city, goes into the center of the city and steps out. The idea of an apostle was to make it so much so, like the kingdom where the king lives in, that the king would step out of his chariot into this new territory and say, this feels like home. That was the idea of an apostle. So Jesus takes this word apostle, turns it into what we know now as, as a Christian term, and he calls his 12 disciples apostles. So in Mark 3.14, it says, Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach. So there's that sending out. He would send them out to preach and give them authority to cast out demons. So, and then other, other parts of Scripture say authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. Why did he give them authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick? Because the kingdom that Jesus was a part of, they didn't have demons. They didn't have sick people. And so Jesus is bringing the kingdom that he came from to earth and to the towns that he goes to. So he's sending his disciples out as apostles to carry that nature of the kingdom to wherever they go on earth. He's slowly recolonizing earth to look like heaven. Um, in, uh, this is a common one. I, I know I've said this before, and you've heard this before, but when the disciples ask Jesus to uh, teach them how to pray, he gives them the model prayer. We know this prayer, the Lord's Prayer. He says, our Father, and then he says, where is God? Our Father, who art in heaven. So God, God's in the main kingdom. He's the king of the main kingdom. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We worship the king. And he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're bringing what's happening in heaven. You know, us apostles or an apostle is bringing what's happening in heaven to earth. Earth is a new territory. Earth is a recolonization of heaven, you could say. And Jesus says, that's what you pray. That's what you pray. You pray, bring the heaven, the kingdom that I came from, to earth and turn earth to look like the kingdom of heaven. Um, he said, he also said to seek first. In other words, Make this, make this kingdom, make the kingdom of God your first priority and his righteousness. Um, and in his righteousness simply means being right with authority. So being right with God. Make that, seeking first the kingdom of God, your very first priority. And that's been something I've been thinking about. Like, like what does that mean in my life? What does that mean practically? Here's what, here's what I think God is trying to do on the earth has been trying to do ever since Christ came on the earth and has been increasing this slowly. And I, I just talked about it a little bit. I, I believe he's sending us out. I believe we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors of the king. 
trying to make earth like heaven. I think that's God's, I think that's God's uh, primary focus. Because someday he's coming back. It's just like, it's just like an earthly king who someday he's going to visit this new territory. Someday God is coming to earth. And the idea is that when he comes riding in on his chariot, well, I, I think he's riding a white horse or something like that. But when he comes to earth, the idea is he comes to earth, slides off that horse, looks around and says, this feels like home. This feels like home. That's, that's my mandate. That's why Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. We're making this new territory, which is earth, like heaven, so that someday when God comes back, it feels like heaven. It looks like heaven. The people act like they're sons of the king. They're, 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 it's different. It's far different when Christ came here on the earth. Um, it's, another example is Christ, Christ is the head, Paul often talks about us being the body. We're the body of Christ. He's the head. Someday his head will be reattached with his body. I don't think he's coming back to a weak body. He wants to come back to a strong, a beautiful body. It's just He also used the example of the bride. You know, We're the bride of Christ. Christ is the groom. Someday he's coming back to meet his bride. I don't think he's coming back to a weak and a frail bride. He's coming back to a bride who's ready, who's beautiful, who's waiting for him. I think that's what we're, I think that's, that's what we're, that's, that's the first thing he wants us to focus on. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And this should, this should, uh, this is a similar message to what I, I spoke a while back, but um, I, I just wanted to kind of go over it again. This should require a response from us. This should require um, almost, you know, I talked about uh, the aggression, the aggression, the aggressive of, the aggressive take the kingdom by force. It requires a response from us. Matthew 16, 18. Oh, maybe I should read this. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus is talking to Peter. And Peter has just, uh, if I remember it right, Peter just gave a beautiful revelation of the Christ. He talks about how he says, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Um, Okay, yeah. And then 17, he says, Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answers and said to him, he says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. He says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. He's given the keys to the heaven kingdom. That means the authority. And whatever you bind shall be bound, and whatever you loose shall be, yeah, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So he's talking about heaven will listen to you because you have authority. And I love how it says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So it gives this picture where hell has gates. Um, gates shall not prevail. That means shall not stand up against. It's like when the settlers moved into the U.S. and began to work their way west, they were constantly in battle with the natives or the Indians here. And so what they would do is they'd slowly work their way west, building forts along the way. And these forts were protection. If they didn't have the forts, they would have been slaughtered. Uh, So they build these forts as strong as they can. That way, when there's attacks, if they can make it to the fort... And if the fort's built strong enough, they can, hold, they can hold their own. You know, there's all these gun ports and everything where they can hide out at and hold their ground. And so it's kind of like this where, where hell, in a way, I see it as a fort. It has gates. But there's, there's, it's, it's a completely different way than what I'm used to looking at it. It says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And it shall not prevail against what? The attacks of heaven. So it's like heaven is attacking 
on the gates of hell, and hell cannot prevail against it. You know, we so often think of it the other way. And the devil is here. Heather mentioned the devil is here to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we can't forget that. But at the same time, there's this offensive approach where heaven is actually attacking the gates of hell, coming at hell in a way that hell cannot stand up against. You could also say the power of death shall not stand up against the attack, the armed forces of heaven and of the kingdom that we have here. It's a powerful offensive uh, view of, uh, of what he wants us to do here on this earth. Knock down the gates of hell. They cannot prevail against the church and against the truth that they have. Um, so that gives, gives me to think, like, what's, what's my response? Like, back to the coronavirus and everything that's going on here. Like, what is my response to that? How can I respond? If I'm, if I'm keeping the kingdom forefront in my mind, um, let's, let's say I'm an ambassador from heaven. So let's say I live in heaven, all right? <clears throat> I'm coming to earth. So here I am walking amongst earth. I've just flown down from heaven, checking up on this new territory that uh, God has been slowly establishing and building on in the past 2,000 years. And I'm walking around earth. Maybe I pull up, a, I have a phone in my pocket and open it up and pull up social media and I see all this about the virus. And I see all this, I can smell the fear. You know, I'm from heaven, I'm not used to that. I can smell it. I can see everything about the virus. What's my response? My response cannot be that the God that I just came from brought this here on this earth for a way to correct or cause people to repent. Because my God, who, the heaven that I just came from, is trying to make earth like what I just came from. My response, I can quickly conclude, if I'm coming from heaven, looking at what's going on on, the, on earth, that this virus is not supposed to be here. This is not... You know, where I come from, we don't have a virus. There's no coronavirus where I come from. There's no fear where I come from. And uh, that's just a quick conclusion that we can come up with where it needs to go. And that sounds extremely simple right now. I mean, of course it needs to go. Everybody knows it needs to go. But it does. It needs to go. And so we have an authority. We have, we have the keys, which means the authority of the kingdom to make this thing go. Um, and so, and how, I don't, you know, I think... There's so many different ways you could say, how? Well, how does this thing, how does the coronavirus leave? How does the fear leave? The first of all is what we did this morning is prayer. Is stand, stand, stand in prayer and do not relent. You know, it says have the faith of a mustard seed. If you look at the word, uh, or it says, often says the size of a mustard seed. If you look at the, uh, the Greek word for the word size of a mustard seed, it often has to do with quality and endurance. So having an enduring faith that says, no, this, is, this virus is not supposed to be here. The fear is not supposed to be here. This has to go. Um, prayer is extremely powerful where uh, the Lord has given us authority. And then, you know, I don't, I'm not ignoring, I don't want to ignore common sense um, where I do believe there's germs. I mean, I, I don't want to ignore the fact that there's germs and that maybe we shouldn't all be hugging and shaking hands. There's a, I've met someone, there's a part of me that does want to ignore it because I just want to live in faith, you know. I met someone uh, just yesterday, a couple that I, uh, I met from out of the area and I can't believe I even thought of it, but I, you know, normally I just go up and shake their hand. But right before I reached them, I was like, oh, yeah, shaking hands. So I asked them, are you guys shaking hands? And they said, no, we're not. And when they said that, there was like something that rose up in me where I just wanted to grab his hand and shake it, you know? <laughs> I just, like, screw that. I'm just going to shake his hand. I'm not sick. Um, and, but I didn't. I stepped back and I was like, okay, all right, <clears throat> I respect that. There was an anger that came up in me that, like, 
And this is controlling it. This is, this is, this is something that is not normal. Um, but I don't want to ignore common sense. I don't want to uh, ignore the fact there is germs out here. There are people that have died from this. And, and so I, I'm not here to scoff at it at all. Um, and then, you know, Anyway, for us, for us to get rid of a virus like this, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through technology, whether it's through you know, staying away from each other, the goal is to get rid of the virus. The goal is to get it out of here and, because that is not from heaven. That's not supposed to be here. I think we can stand on that as a firm foundation, realizing that is the goal. Whatever it takes, we will get rid of it. Um, I'm going to continue to live my life in love. I, I'm going to do what I can to get rid of the sickness, which, of course, means personal hygiene. It means, it means standing in prayer in your place of authority. You know, this goes for anything. This goes for any type of sickness that you have. Sickness is not in heaven. If I'm an ambassador coming from heaven, coming here, and I see a sickness, I'm trying to make earth like heaven. The sickness needs to go. Uh, does it always go? No, we don't see it always going. It doesn't mean we don't stop loving the person, but that's the goal. That's the goal as the sickness goes. It goes for poverty. Heaven is a very rich place. There's streets of gold. There's no poverty in heaven. Um, we need to rise people up out of that, out of the poverty spirit, out of living in poverty. It goes for shame. It goes for fear. None of that's in heaven. None of it should be here on earth. And we have a responsibility to walk, to walk as, as ambassadors, people who, who came from uh, a different world in a way. You know, we, we, when we... Uh, accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we, were, we died, we died with him, and then we rose up again, that's why we do baptism, it's a symbol of that, we rose up again and we became new creations, brand new. We became creations from heaven in a way, where we're part of a different world. We're, we're saints, we're sons of royalty, we're daughters of royalty. We have, you could say, a higher responsibility because we're sons of the king. If, if I was... If I was uh, um, a son of the king, let's say I was a prince, and walking through the king's kingdom, uh, and I see a wrong in front of me, maybe someone's mistreating somebody, and it angers me, first thing I'm going to do, most likely, is try and correct that. And probably the best way is to go to my father, the king, and ask him to make this right. And I should expect, as a son, if I have a good relationship with my father, I should expect, I should be able to walk right into the castle and talk to the king, and he should hear me. You know, maybe, he's in a, maybe he's in a meeting or something, but he'll hear me pretty quickly if I'm his son. If I'm a peasant, just a normal person walking around the kingdom, and I see a wrong, something that, that, that angers me, again, my first response should be to go to the king, you would think. But you can't, you know, the, the king's a busy guy, he's, he, and he tries to recover from all kinds of, stay away from assassination attempts and all that. A peasant can't just normally go walking right into the king's quarters and address this issue, but a son can. We're sons of the king. We're daughters of the king. We have direct access to a king who can change things, who can make, bring a change here on this earth. Let's not, let's not forget that. Let's use that. It's, this whole seeking first the kingdom of God has got me thinking like, I'm going to take a little bit of a turn here now. I'm actually not going on much longer here, I don't think. <clears throat> If we're putting the kingdom first, practically speaking, on this earth, we're keeping, we're keeping forefront in our minds the idea that we're living in a kingdom. Earth is becoming, our goal is to make earth like heaven. We're recolonizing earth to look like heaven. What would be the perfect job for you to work if that was the first thing on your mind? You ever think about that? 
What's the, what's the perfect job? I've thought about that like over and over again. And I can't think of a perfect job. I don't know if there is a perfect job. You know, so, so often we have this idea of when I'm in the ministry, you know, or when you're up here speaking, you know, then, then you're putting the kingdom first. And it's like the more I think about it, I'm trying to think of how to make this make sense. It's, it's made sense in my head, but I just have to uh, <clears throat> have it make sense in words. It sounds harsh, but I don't know if God really cares about what job you're doing here on this earth exactly. And when I say that, I know it sounds can sound strange. He does care about us. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. But as far as your work, I don't know if he minds exactly what you do. I mean, if you look at what I do, I mean, I'm, I'm a taxidermist, you know. I, I work with animals, not even alive animals, dead animals. I mean, if there's anything further from, furthest from, you know, the kingdom of God, if you're looking at it from that angle, putting the kingdom first, it's a taxidermist. Those animals that I put on the wall, they're not going to heaven with me. I mean, they're, they're going to collect dust after a while. When I think at it from that way, it's like, what am I doing? Like, here I am working on dead things all day long. Um, but, I have a, but I have people that I work with. I do have people that bring those dead things to me. And I have people that work for me there. And, and, and you, you might be working for somebody. I think, I think what he cares about the most of all is your response to what's happening in your job and the, the, the people that you're working with in your job. I think so many times we focus, we think if we reach this perfect job, then we're putting the kingdom first, and it's not that at all. I found like the more I'm up here speaking, and maybe the more I do with the youth group, it's not that much different from being a taxidermist, actually. It's working with people. It's being with people. It's, it's putting the king, the mindset of bringing heaven on earth wherever you are, whether it's in your normal job or whether it's up here speaking. Um, I've just had to remind myself of that over and over again, that, that I, I am a son, I'm a son of the king. I'm a son of the king. My job, my, sounds different when I stand over here, does it? Oh. <clears throat> sounds different in my head. Uh, my, my job is to bring heaven on earth. And it's that simple. And coronavirus or not, that's always my job, is to bring heaven on earth. If there's a coronavirus that's not in heaven, that should go. Uh, if there's fear that's not in heaven, that should go. We have an authority that we often don't realize. There's, let me close with this. I'm going to wrap up here pretty soon. Um, I talked about this with the youth group. 1 Corinthians 3.14. Paul's writing. And uh, in this passage, he's having people writing or people saying, I follow Paul. And some people are saying, I follow Apollos. And Paul corrects them, and he says, it doesn't matter who you follow. It doesn't matter who you follow. The main thing is Christ, first of all. And then each one of us has a responsibility for our own lives. Each one of us has our own responsibility. You know, us, I mentioned it, us as sons of daughters of the king, I think we have a, we have a higher responsibility to represent the king well than someone who doesn't know any better. Because we, we're, we're royalty in a way. We're sons or daughters of royalty. We need to walk like it, act like it. He talks about um, in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, let's go here, 10. He says, according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. Um, but take heed, or but let each one take heed how he builds on it. All right, so for no other foundation can anyone lay that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So 
He says the foundation is Christ. So it's like you have a house um, and the footers are poured. Let's say the floor joists are in. It's a flat level surface. You can build the walls however you want. As long as that foundation is Christ. So when we come into the kingdom, we're standing, we're putting our foundation in Christ. That's just the beginning. After that, we can choose how we want to build on that foundation, what we want to build on that foundation. He actually gives us a choice. He says, um, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day, capital D, so there's a day that's coming, we'll declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work and of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. So it's not a heaven or hell issue. If we build our foundation on Christ, we've made heaven. We're going to make heaven. It's a reward issue. It's what's waiting for you on the other side. I think that's why Jesus is so stressing, seek first the kingdom, seek first the kingdom. It's because... That's where the power is. That's where the authority is. And when you get to the end of your life, that's where the rewards are. That's what lasts. And so he, we, have, we have this incredible opportunity to build our life the way we want to build it, as long as we're building it on Christ. The only catch is, at the end of your life, your life is going to be burnt. Your life is going to be burnt, and whatever... Uh, whatever's left, when the fire's settled, when there's just ashes there will determine, you could say, the quality of your life after that, if I want to say it that way, or the reward of your life after that. So we did this with the youth group. I took two bags. You couldn't see inside the bags. Put all kinds of trash and objects in the bags. Doused them with gas. And, well, it was diesel fuel, actually. And um, <clears throat> not as flammable as gas. And, but still, it still works pretty good. And I picked two people, I think it was, it was Dallas and Lydia, and had them stand behind their bags, which was their life. And we'd let it on fire. And we just watched it burn and saw, you know, it slowly burned and burned. It took longer than I thought, but it burned and burned. And at the end, we kind of sifted through and saw what was left. There were some pieces of metal left that I stuck in there. Uh, there was a soda can maybe. Um, and then there's a bunch of trash. And that was, it's, a, it's a picture of what will actually happen at the end of our lives. You know, there's, there's a day coming, the day, when time will stop, and we're going to stand behind our life, and someone's going to come, light it on fire, and see what lasts, and see what will last. It's not a heaven or hell issue. It's a, what are you building in this life that will last? How are you living this life in a way that will last? And I think it's all found in putting the kingdom first and always keeping that at the forefront of our minds. What is putting the kingdom first in my own life, in my own job? I can't tell you what that all is. I just know that's something that I, I'm thinking about more and more these days where if I were to make earth look like heaven, which I believe is the Father's will, how would that look? How would that look when I'm responding to people, when I'm talking to people, when I'm doing my work? What does that look like? And we need to answer that each for our own. And there's a day coming when everything you do is going to be revealed. Let's stand up. I'm going to wrap it up right here. I do want to pray, spend some time in prayer. Um, and it's something that we should keep doing throughout the week, standing in our authority and um, bringing heaven where we're from, in a way, you know, we were, we were grafted in. We're grafted into a new kingdom. And so let's stand in our authority and declare peace. Thanks, Leah. I'm going to pray. <clears throat> Did I tell you to stand? Thanks for standing. <laughs>
Oh, I did? Okay. <laughs> All right, Jesus, thank you so much for this group. Yeah, I'm surprised. You know, there's a part of me, I wasn't expecting a crowd like this, and I'm encouraged by, by everyone's faith. Um, thank you so much, Lord, for the people that you assembled together here, Lord. Each one of us, God, we're sons, we're daughters of the King of you, Lord. God, show me my authority. You said you've given us the keys to the kingdom, Lord. That keys represents authority, Lord. Lord, each one of us is standing here on earth in place of your son. We're clothed with you. We have the authority of your son. And so, Lord, through that authority, through that kingdom authority, I just, first of all, I call you daddy. I call you father. Father. Daddy. End what's happening here on this earth. Lord, end this fear. Take it away. It doesn't belong. It's not in heaven. It shouldn't be in our, on earth. God, this virus, this virus, God, we declare it will be ended. Take it away. Heal those who are struck by it, Lord. Lord, I pray for your or cure. Cause the minds of those who are studying this to become clear, to become sharp, and to find a cure for this. Whatever it takes, Lord, take it away. It's not in heaven. It shouldn't be here. And Lord, with the fear, the fear that so easily catches each one of us, and God, with the judgment on the other side, the, God, the judgment that so easily catches us too, where we look and we scoff, God, I pray that you'd make that right in both people, those who are in fear, those who are in judgment, Lord. God, that you'd bring the thoughts of the kingdom into our minds, into our hearts. Let your nature slowly impact your town, this town through us, Lord. Just this definition again. God, I pray that we could impact Penyan, your territory, with your will, your purpose, and your intent. Lord, I pray that Penyan would produce a people who express your culture and who reflect your nature, Lord. Let it happen, Jesus. We want to see heaven here on, in Penyan. And God, give us wisdom as we go out from here the next week ahead into our jobs, into greeting people, you know, just, just, just seeing other people. Lord, give us wisdom on, on how to act how to act as a son of the king, as a daughter of the king. Show us what that looks like. Amen. Amen. I think that's it, right? You are dismissed. Thanks so much for, uh, for coming out today. Enjoy your Sunday. I think it's going to be sunny and a beautiful day out there. So appreciate you coming out. God bless you.